Hey, oh, you're listening to the latest episode of the Niagara Moon podcast. I'm Thomas Irwin. <laughs> We're talking about fish today, talking about the album A Live One. Uh, my friend joining me for this episode, Mark Grundhofer. This is one of his favorite bands and one of his favorite albums. And uh, this is a band that I had no previous experience with, but, you know, figured it wasn't really going to be my bag. That was pretty much the case, but uh, I had fun this week delving into something I wouldn't normally interact with, musically speaking, and uh, just became a fun conversation with Mark about uh, the band and then, you know, how different people engage with music. And I didn't quite go, you know, Scott Ackerman from Analyze Fish in terms of, uh, you know, getting too riled up about this band or anything. You know, if you're listening to this episode because you're a fish fan, there's going to be plenty here for you to uh, to get excited about with Mark. And then uh, if you're tuning in because you're curious how someone like me over at uh, Niagara Moon might feel about jam bands, uh, I get into that as well. So fun, candid conversation all around. Uh, let's just get into it. A live one. Hey, Mark, how you been doing? Hey, what's going on? I heard you've been doing a lot of shows recently. I did. We had uh, three shows in the last four days and big festival shows, and I am tired and and you know exhausted from those but i'm really looking forward to talking about this album today and yeah it fits right in with what 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 uh what i've been doing the last few days so <laughs> did you feel like trey i mean we'll we'll just jump right in because uh we're talking you know fish a live one one of my favorite records um trey has been one of my favorite guitar players for a long time and i uh on uh friday i got in the mail a new guitar pedal that i had ordered which is similar it is basically one that Trey uses that I had years ago and then I got rid of it as you do with guitar effects you always cycle through and so I got on stage and I was like oh man I'm back to my like college years Trey Anastasio guitar rig again and so yeah I did I definitely like was channeling him all weekend as I played um these shows with with a band that is you know, this band that I'm playing with, it's an Americana roots rock band, but there's some jam aspects to it. So we do kind of leave some space in the music to uh, get into it and, uh, yeah, channeling my inner tray, my inner fish. Yeah, obviously uh, the album this week was your pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for giving <laughs> me a 130-minute <laughs> Yeah, no problem, assignment. no problem, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> this album is over two hours. It's a live one by Fish from 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say right off the top, I have no problem with Fish. There's nothing about them that is offensive to me in any okay. way. Okay. Fish food is one of my favorite Ben & Jerry's flavors. There you go. <laughs> uh, the band knows exactly what they are. Yep. They're very honest about what they are. And they're just there to promote having a good time through music, right? That's exactly it, right? Just having a good time, community with everyone around you. You know, the the live show is is 
way more important than any studio record that they have. But you know, it's 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 a it's a, it's a pretty hippie thing. You know, like no bad vibes when you go to the show. Like you know, you can't you can't go and and you know, there's 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 some rules, right? Like you know, yeah. no one no one likes someone who sets the tarp out on the lawn and like you know tries to uh, negotiate their space. You know, but uh, if you're going to be selling nitrous oxide balloons, you want to have a certain distance away from the entrance. And yeah, and I mean, <laughs> like the the grilled cheese, the stinkier the better. From the lot, the lot grilled cheese. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a whole other world. The the, the lot scene at a live show. <laughs> I very much look forward to hearing about your experiences both in the shows and in the lots. Um, I think this is going to be a fascinating episode because we're going to be coming at this from very different angles. We we are, and I'll be honest with you. If there's if there's listeners that are big time fish fans, um, they're going to be kind of surprised by this. Um, I am about as big of a fish fan as you can get. Uh, I discovered them in college, maybe actually late high school. And this was in the 90s. Late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I had been, I'd put this band together in, in high school, and I think we thought we were going to be doing sort of, yes, Frank Zappa type music. And when I realized what we were doing was kind of what Fish was doing at a very, we were at a very amateur level, you know. I don't want anyone to think we were even close to doing what Fish was doing, but that was the trajectory. I, when I just I discovered Fish, I was like, "Oh, this is what I want to be doing." So, I, so I dove right into them. You know, I bought a, th- this album, a live one, was the first record by them I bought. The first thing I heard by them, I didn't even know there were studio albums. But then I started getting into st- because by by that point there was basically all of their really great classic studio albums had been. By by 2000, you know, their best studio albums, if you like their studio stuff, was out. So I was really able to dive into the first, you know, five or six records, which are great. Um, but because it, I discovered them in the 2000s, I went off to college and they were touring and it was it was good, but I didn't have any money. So I never went and saw them in college. And then they went on hiatus. And so I obviously didn't see them then. Then I moved out to Los Angeles where money was tight again and they weren't really touring as much like out there. I never saw them when I lived out here. The first time I saw Fish was only a couple years ago. So Okay, wow. Yeah, so like you had me fooled. And I've Yeah, I know. Well, so that's the thing and people were kind of surprised by that cuz I'm such a huge fan of the band. Um, but I've only seen them once. And when I saw them, I had a sinus infection, so like my drug of choice was Sudafed. Like mm. <laughs> when I saw them, so it was. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was it was fun, but it was one of their worst shows. The one I saw them out, they played a three night run Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I saw them on Friday night, which was a rookie move. You always mm. go to the you always go to the Sunday show, right? I saw them on Friday night. The set list was weak. They did they they didn't re- they weren't really gelling. Maybe you know uh, I don't know what was happening, but it was one of the worst shows that I've, I think people kind of had seen in the, in the, in recent years of fish. Lucky you. Yeah. So I didn't really have a very good experience with that. Um, and, but, but, but I'm the kind of guy I I do what's called, I, I couch tour with them a lot, which is every show they do is in full 4k video, high def audio, and you can stream it online by paying a, a little bit, and they'll do some free ones of those here and there. So I do, I do watch the shows a lot. 
Um, I've got tons of, you know, old like LimeWire bootlegs of fish, you know. Uh, I have all the studio albums. I actually really like the studio albums, but the live shows are, are, are recorded so well and there's so many of them that, you know, I, I just go through the recordings. You know, I sit with my headphones on and just listen to the recordings. Um, my daughter, who's six, can tell you if we're listening to Fish or not. That's how much we listen to it at, mm. at the house. She knows. I was going to say, they really struck me as very, like, kid-friendly music. They're really, they, they go all ages. Well, I mean, you know, sh- you know, you put it on and it's some, some kind of goofy, funky jam and kids can dance, you know? Um, if they would, if they would play, uh, I did take my daughter recently to see a sort of fish adjacent band called Umphreys McGee. I've heard of Def- them. Yeah, definitely more high high level musicianship with that band. But um, they did a drive in show where you park a car, and I took my daughter to that. That was just last year, and she had a blast. The light show she loved. Um, but I think she, I think yeah, I see you see kids at at fish shows, you know, because it's 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 there's they're not they're not dropping you know f-bombs here and there you know they're it's it's pretty kid-friendly lyrics the lyrics can be very goofy at times um but there's a lot of drug use in in the crowd and in the lot (sighs) so all the the things you mentioned about fish that they kind of represent you know and they're firmly Mm -hmm. in the jam band circuit you know it's funny i i did listen through this album and Mm -hmm. i wouldn't even say i didn't like it but it just it goes against everything that I personally sure. enjoy in music. It's like right. the other side of stuff that I never interact with or think about. That's why I really wanted to do this because yeah. I just I love the perspective because I am so unashamed. You know, like I have no problem telling people that I am a huge, enormous fish fan, and I'm a huge fan for the music. You know, because as you you know, I haven't done the live show thing that much. I I love their studio albums. Um, but I love this album because, and I and I know it so well because I have like studied these jams and studied the licks and and learned so much from from how they put these together and it hit me just at the right time in my life. Um, and so I love like kind of hearing the perspective from someone who, like you said, doesn't you don't it's not like you dislike the band, but it's not you know it's it's very very opposite of the music you're making. Yeah. Um, Here's the feeling I got listening to it, which is, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but say, you know, especially like if you're younger, say if you're a teenager and your friend invites you to a party mm-hmm. and the only person you're going to know at the party is your friend. Yeah. And so you go to this party and your friend is late. They're not going to be there for another hour. And you're at this party where everybody else knows each other really well. Yeah. And they're telling inside jokes and laughing it up and giving each other piggyback rides yeah. and being super goofy and ridiculous. And you don't know any of these people and you don't know how to like cut into anything. So you just like stand by the wall staring at the clock. That's the feeling I got listening to this album. That's really appropriate. I mean, that I was is like, I'm not in this. I'm apart from this. And right. well, I guess I'll fill the, you know, I'm listening to it, but I guess I'll also just fill the time kind of stewing on what my interaction with this kind of music is like yeah you know what's my deal i think i mean you 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 mentioned inside jokes and kind of not being like privy to the the uh you know what 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 everyone's experiencing i think that is kind of fish in a nutshell because they have throughout the years 
you know, at their live shows with their studio records, whatever, there are so, there's so many like lore. There's so much lore to the band, right? Like, you know. They started this, in 83. Right. And, I mean, there was stuff that, 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 you know, Trey wrote about in his dissertation about this like, you know, sort of fantasy event and songs, you know, call back to that. Like, like, uh, you know, um, there's this whole, this whole thing about game hinge, which is, you know, adjacent to Stonehenge, I guess. But, you know, the, all that kind of goofy stuff that they do, you can really get into it. And it's almost like 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 being into, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, right? <laughs> like like you, you don't really just drop into Dungeons and Dragons if you're a player, you know? Like you kind of have to know a lot about it. You know, read the big manual before you can really start <laughs> playing. And I think there's a lot of that with Fish. Um, and starting with this alive one, I, I totally get that. I, when we when we had talked about doing fish, I thought, well, maybe we should start with one of the recent studio records. But it's a totally different. Nah, band. throw me into the deep end of the pool. Right, exactly. You know, there's a they put out a record a couple of years ago uh, called Fuego, and it's produced by Bob Ezrin, who did Pink Floyd and like Kiss. Oh, he's and done stuff. everything. Yeah, yeah, and it's a really great like record from just a bunch of guys playing songs, you know, but it's not very representative of what Fish really is and what the diehard fans really like. And I, again, I love the studio records, um, but I put on this album all the time. Uh, I love getting lost in certain jams. I think I even gave you a list of like, just pay kind of close attention to, yeah. to, to this, um, you know, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Any, any, any like immediate thoughts on the songs? Cause, um, uh, again, the way I listen to music, a lot of it kind of blended into the next thing for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could look at the track list and be like, Oh, this specific moment of this song stuck out to me a little mm -hmm. more like one of the guitar chord progressions and you enjoy myself. I thought was briefly kind of interesting and like a Baroque way. And, uh, simple has a catchy guitar riff mm -hmm. that's memorable, and uh, you know I can do that kind of thing. But generally, again, yeah. no hate towards the spam, but it just washed over me like sonic wallpaper. Absolutely, um, absolutely. For for a few different reasons, I I don't know if there's any live album just with any artist out there. Period. That I'm mm -hmm. kind of into very much. Maybe there might be few exceptions, but it's like I just I I even have a weird thing with like the acoustics of how live recorded audio sounds, mm -hmm. um, and it just it's like I don't like how the drums sound. I don't they're recording it very well, like as best you possibly could in that kind of environment. And I'm like I don't like hearing the crowd. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. like uh, just the the sense of space that it sounds like. I mm. want I want focus. I want. Yeah. Uh, Precision. I'm just, I'm a very particular kind of listener, but, but um, you 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 may not really like their studio records either because they record. I don't think a, I would. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they record a lot of their studio records in this in Trey's barn up in Vermont, and that's they, cool. They record a lot in the same room, you know, as as playing it live. Um, maybe not so much the earlier records, but. Um, you know, the, of course, their early records sound very amateur recording, you know, because it's hmm. low budget, you know, they're just out of college. There, there's there's no giant record label behind them. You know, I mean, this is this is the epitome of a DIY band, 
you know, that's yeah. found that's found more success than most you know, most bands would ever dream of. And yes, right. and they're, yet they they're did very honest to themselves about what they are and they mm-hmm. connect directly with their audience. They kind of seems to me like they, I mean, people have said this a million times, right? They took up the mantle from Grateful Dead. Right. In terms of, hey, I want to do these mushrooms. I don't want to do them at Walmart. I don't want to yeah. do them in my mom's <laughs> basement. I don't want to get bug bites in the woods. Let's go to this fish show. Right. You know, they, they took up the mantle from the Grateful Dead and I think people were kind of upset I think people initially were upset by that because they're really nothing like the Grateful Dead. Um, I would say they're only, from what I can tell, they're only similar in their willingness to just jam without time limits in a live setting. Because Grateful Dead, the part of Grateful Dead that I like is the studio albums. Studio mm-hmm. albums, it's like the the well-written, mm-hmm. structured songs. Like they just do yeah. classic 70s songwriting. Fish yeah. doesn't really do that, but they do the just extended uh, jams. Right, right. If you grab, if you grab like a uh, an album from Fish, like Farmhouse, that's way more, you know, acoustic guitar. I always kind of call them acoustic guitar driven rock, meaning you can just sit around a campfire and play acoustic guitar and sing a Fish song. You enjoy myself. You cannot play with an acoustic guitar around the campfire, and people, you know, understand what you're doing. Um, that's a that's like a very Frank Zappa esque orchestrated piece of music um but but yeah i know what you mean about the grateful dead like like they have you know i mean a a song like even a song like touch of gray by the grateful dead is such a great great song well written song and if they do it live they might jam on it for 25 minutes and there's a whole bunch of people that may not be that into that part of it and i think i think there are I think for a while I was even I even went into this mode of like I just want the songs from Fish, not so much the jams, um, mm. for a little while. And it was right Seems around to defeat the purpose of it. It does, but but there's there are some really good there's some really good songwriting in there. I mean, Trey is a an amazing songwriter. Um, he also has, I mean, they've worked with other. There's other writers involved. There's Tom Marshall who writes a lot of the lyrics, um, who's not a member of the band. He mm. just writes lyrics for the band. Um, there's um there's other guys early on that were kind of involved uh but really it gets down to it's mostly just Trey writing the songs and then the other members of Fish throwing in some songs here and there right they kind of uh, glom on to that yeah but it's it, it's it's him I and mean, he's pretty prolific in his writing and he has his own solo bands and he has little side projects and he's always popping up with different people the guy likes to play the guy likes to be on stage and he likes to perform and um, you know, they, they have so no shortage of songs. They played the, um, they played Madison square garden a couple years ago and they played 13 nights in a row and they didn't, and they didn't repeat a song. <laughs> How many other bands could you say that about? I forget what the final count was, but I want to say like, like something like 265 songs through the whole thing, you know, um, without repeating a single song and they do covers, but not that many. You know, uh, people and and people like their covers. I, I dig some of them. To me, the covers are not what I go to see Fish for, um, or what I want to listen to on the recording. There's a couple really classic ones that they've always done. Like we talked about, they do like a lot of Talking Heads covers, and they did the whole yeah. album Remain in Life. Yeah, uh, yeah. They do a great cover. I always love uh, Frankenstein by Edgar Winter Group. That's you know mm. the instrumental. That's that's a great one. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, so 
you know, I'll tell I'll tell you kind of where where I live on this on this record right here. Um, I've I've heard m- tons of versions of every song on this record, but to me, I think because I discovered it at the right time, these are like the, you know, this is almost like an album record to me in the sense that these are the way this is the way I want to hear the songs uh, from from this. I, I skip over bouncing around the room every time. We don't listen to that one. That one's. That's the radio hit, right? That's that's like that's like the uh, that's the touch of gray, you know. Uh, if or you the, say so, you know. What did you think about that one? Did you, did you enjoy that one? Uh, again, I, well, I think it set the tone for the album pretty faithfully. Yeah. Freaking goofy. It's goofy. Uh, yeah, it's real goofy. I, you know, I I I guess I can kind of tell why you don't squeeze as much sort of musical content out of that one as as later mm-hmm. moments, but. I mean, it's tonally, yeah. it's kind of sat in the same place as, as everything else for me. And then they're doing their sort of round-robin vocal thing. Right, right. That they pull up in other moments. But, yeah, it's just, it sounds, like, if you t- honestly, if you told me the Wiggles, that, that child, that kids yeah. group did that yeah. song, I'd be like, sure, that's a Wiggles song. Like, it's, it's, you know, it just struck me as, like, goofy kids music. Yeah, you're totally right. You're totally right. Um I have to give them credit, though. Like, they still do that stuff now in their 50s, you know, I mean, playing shows. Well, that's part of the, so. their goofy charm, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Now, speaking of vocals, um, not their strong point, you know, not at all. But what about what about the You Enjoy Myself vocal jam at the end? <laughs> I just, man, when people, I'll play, you'll play that song for somebody like, okay, all right, I get it, I get it. And then the vocal jam comes on and it's like, all right, I'm out, I'm gone. it's too i don't know what it is but they're they they seem too comfortable too cushy they seem like they're having too much fun and it (laughs) rubs me the wrong way (laughs) i want to hear strife yeah well there's there's not a ton right it's it's (laughs) it's all very happy uh uh, which is funny because the band has had tons of strife, you know. With with put it into their music, then well, that's not what they're about. That's, well, instead that's they the just instead they just took a hiatus, right? You know, they just yeah. they, they, what what kind of uh, trouble did they bump into? Trey's been arrested, and you know, like for substances, and you know, there's no. been <laughs> there's been you know substance abuse and and that kind of stuff, and to for you know, really now they're clean and sober. Um, with, I think, some exceptions. <laughs> so maybe not fully. But, um, yeah, I mean, they just weren't, they weren't gelling as a band, so they, they, uh, they called it quits for a while, and we really thought that they'd never come back. But, but you know, you, you're, we're, we're in Fish 4.0 now. You know, we've gone through four, we're on, we're on the 4.0. That doesn't mean there's new members, it just means there's sort of a new, you know, energy around the band right now. And honestly, I think they're, the same way the Grateful Dead is. They're still touring. They're yeah. still playing shows. And you know what? You know what? I mean, I'm not a John Mayer fan, but but the Grateful Dead, you know, like they sound good and it's cool and it's fun and it's like a new thing. Fish is still the same members, but they, you know, they've just matured a lot and they have, I think now they're playing some of the best music that they, not, not I don't mean writing, but on stage they're playing, uh, they're tight. It's a little bit more focused in certain aspects, which maybe people don't like as much, but well, they probably just have less energy to just <laughs> get into it for hours and hours. You know, they're they're aging. Maybe I mean they'll still do a song for thirty minutes. You know, it'll still happen, but it's kind of funny they they do that with some of the more 
some of the less jammy songs and, and it kind of, you know, just for, I think just to do something new because like, like on here, the long on a live one, the longest one is tweezer, which is I always, couldn't a, like, that was the one I couldn't get through all of, I got, I was six minutes in. Oh, this song's 30 minutes long. Uh, mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> it's well, out. so, you know, what's funny is that's one of my favorite jams. They get into some really weird stuff in the middle. That was um, getting all Frank Zappi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and that's it. Frank Zappa is a huge influence on the band. And if you're not a Frank Zappa fan, you're going to completely not be into this band. But I like know. Hot Rats a lot. And that's it for me and Frank Zappa. Okay. Now I go real deep into the Zappa catalog. So yeah, I'm not surprised on that. That's why, that's why this band, you know, works for me. Uh, I love, I love all that Zappa stuff. Um, all you know, 200, 300 albums of his? Like, seriously, right? Like, there are yeah. so, there's so many. And they just released the Halloween show, which is like, I don't know, like 80 songs or something from a, from the whole run of first Frank Zappa. Uh, I know, it's great. Um, I think this uh, on this album, the song Montana is actually from a different night from the jam right. of Tweezer. It's like a splice. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's some interesting there's some interesting production stuff on here. Um, I think I said I think I was like make sure you listen to the end of the squirming coil, which is the piano, just solo yep. piano instrumental part, which is beautiful. Yep. Man, I that, have a that, maybe callous thing to say about that, but I remember hearing that and that sticking out to me. But I was like, this sounds like a demo for a new keyboard. Like if I was watching a YouTube video where we have the so and such and such <laughs> piano came out this year, I'm gonna just play on it for a little while. That I thought of that rather yeah, than yeah. taking it in as its own piece. I, see, I just I just remember hearing that as a kid. I remember this whole record, and I remember getting to that point in it and 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 hearing it and being like, I don't understand. Like like I'd been playing music for a little while, but I was I was still very you know entry level. And I remember hearing it and just going yeah. like, I don't understand how is he making up. Like I could hear, he's just he's just going over like three or four chords, you know. But he's he's arpeggiating over him. He's doing all right, these. Right, right. Like, I don't understand how he is just making this up on the spot. And I thought and letting oh, it flow like that and letting it flow. Like that. And I thought I thought no no no, this has to be composed, you know. And mm. uh, I've heard many other versions of the Squirming Coil where he does a piano outro and they're never the same. And it's just mm. like it's just like uh, you know uh, it's just very impressive. Paige McConnell is is a great great. Uh, you know, piano, organist, clavinet player. You know, he's 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 so talented. I I just there's jams on here that 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 I could go for hours talking about, but that one specifically, just the little piano outro, is just oh man. And there's even at the beginning, there's like some little like bass uh, counterpoint from, yeah, from yeah. Mike on bass, and it's just like, I mean it, that that does it for me. And it's a perfect ending to the album. And that piano part is actually spliced in. It's it's from a different show. So the the squirming coil, the beginning of it is from one show, and then the piano outro is from another show, and they. Oh, and they so they're doing some uh, some Miles Davis esque uh, yes. little the, editing decisions there. It's still from the squirming coil, but I think they like the beginning better from one show yeah, and the yeah. piano from the other. So they they yeah, there's some creative with it. There's some creative. I mean, and in '94, that's pretty that's pretty impressive uh, editing. I think you know this is pre Pro Tools. Maybe early okay. Pro Tools, right? Like maybe you're getting it a little bit into stretch. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I don't um, know. Tr- uh, was this the last album or something like around this time? Was when Trey started writing on a computer instead of by hand? I maybe. Feel like I saw uh, that somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. This was I mean, right on the cusp. Yeah, the digital age. 
Yeah, I mean, this is this is pretty early because this, this album came out in '95, but it's recorded in '94. Um, Clifford Ball also, which is listed in a lot of places, not a real place. Clifford Ball. Oh, okay, yeah, more of that inside jokes. You should, yeah, it's. I was it's, like, oh, is that a, <laughs> a venue in New York City? I'm not aware of. I forget. I forget who it is. It's it's a person. Clifford Ball is, is okay. a person. I, for, I feel like maybe like a stagehand or something. Like that. I can't remember who it is, but yeah, Clifford Ball is not actually a real place. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, you know that is get it, getting back to uh, the squirming coil. That is kind of the place that Frank Zappa's music lives in a lot of the time, where it's like, was this written out and like preordained, mm-hmm. yeah. or is this purely improvisation? It kind of right. could go either way. It's, it's walking that line. The you know you enjoy myself all the way up to every everything until you get to the singing is completely composed. And it's very, you know, Frank Zappa, Black Page, or, you know, uh, you want to talk about like, yes, Heart of the Sunrise or something like that. It's very, you know, composed. The riffs are, the riffs are supposed to be played exactly the same. Um, it's on a record. But then once they get to the singing, then it's a jam after that, you know, the... Which no one knows knows what they're actually saying. Mouth popping sounds towards the end too, right? Right, yeah. (laughs) But that's that's the joke. No one knows, no one truly knows what the uh, chorus of You Enjoy Myself is. Okay, good, because it was driving me crazy a little bit. I was like, I should, is this English? Yeah, no one really knows what they're saying, yeah. Um, And then, uh, but but I mean, that's a song I learned from start to finish. I love playing that song, you know. This is a band that I do, unlike some of my other favorite bands. I mean, this is one that I, I get the guitar out and learn all this. Like Stash, again, Stash is another one that's kind of got that Latin feel to it. That's another one that's composed all the way until you get to the jam. Uh, and I've sat there and learned that, too. Um, is that a song about, like, hiding your drugs or something? <laughs> okay, so I, you know, as, you know, if, if you've heard me on here, I talk a lot about how I don't really get into lyrics of bands. Yeah. This is another band I don't really pay attention to the lyrics. I'm so involved with the music. I'm so involved <laughs> yeah. with the music. Like I love it so much that I don't I don't know. I would assume that's what it's about, right? Um But you know, from a from a professional level, I'll tell you, Stash, when I heard that, that taught me a lot about um how I would kind of uh like the musician that I would kind of become. Because if you listen to Stash and you really get into it. They make so many mistakes in that song. I never would have noticed. If you if you know the song and you listen to it, the on this a lot, they make so many mistakes. Like literally him hitting the wrong note on the guitar, and yet it's on their first official live release, right? And so it just goes to show you, like, you know, they really are all about the moment that they're in. They're all about like, you know, yeah. and and I love that because I think when I was when I was putting bands together early, oh, so, you know the drummer missed a beat or the bass player made a mistake or I made a mistake or something. And I'm like, no, 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 we got to do that again. We got it. That was terrible. You know, da, da, da. and I was, that's not the fish ethos. It's not. And I think I had to really change my, uh, my perspective with that's, live that's bands. how I operate. That's not how fish operates. <laughs> yeah. So, so now I'm way more like loose. Like if there's a, you know, if there's a rec- roll with it. Yeah. I mean, I posted a video of my band on, on Instagram yesterday and I hit a very, very out of uh, key note on accident, and I was just like, you know, but the, the crowd's into it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna post it up. It doesn't matter that I made a mistake, you know. So I kind that was that was one of the things I really learned 
uh, early on from Fish and from this album. The more I got into it, the more I listened. And I was like, whoa, uh, what did they do there? Um, I have a, I have a DVD Fish in Brooklyn, and they play a song called Dinner in a Movie, which is kind of a great song with these insanely intricate parts. And uh, on the DVD, you know, full high-def video, great audio, all this, in the middle of that song, they mess up so bad that they stop and have to, and mm. they, it's a da-da-da, like, okay, one, two, three, and they get back into it, you know what I mean? But it's, everybody's super into it, right? Nobody's like, they messed up the song. Right, but I just, I just, I, personally, I admire that. They're still willing to put that, like, I think other bands would be like, oh, well, we need a, we got to just cut that song or, you know, take a footage from another show you know, because that's how a lot of concert DVDs are, right? Like, like Stop Making Sense, for instance, is multiple shows. Yeah, yeah. It's not – even though it's meant to look like one continuous it's night, one it's night. not one yeah. night. Um, and even though this – a live one is not taken from one night, you can actually listen to releases of the full night that some of these tracks were taken from, you know, um, whether it's on Spotify or whether you buy the, the hardcore uh, – the hard – copy CD or whether you, you know, trade the tapes. I mean, just about every live show they've played, you can listen to, uh, which is kind of amazing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that style. Yeah. But I mean, even the, uh, probably I mean, even more so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just because I don't, I don't know how that's expensive to have that kind of equipment that can record a live show. And they had that even back in the nineties and they were getting good recordings. And it's like, Man, to have the to have the uh, foresight to know that they should record like so so well. I mean, I have recordings of shows in the '90s, but it's from a cassette tape <laughs> in the back of the in the back of the room, you know, like or well, a you weren't box. signed to Electra Records. Well, that's true. That's true. A million copy selling platinum album. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I just want. I always wanted. I mean, I don't know. I guess you could probably figure it out. But how much they how much support they really got from the record label because they're. You know, they still were doing stuff by their by you know by their own rules and. Yeah, I mean, if we're to speculate, I imagine they were just like, "Hey, we'll we'll distribute you guys. You still just do what you do, yeah. and you do it cheaply, which helps." Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. we'll uh, we'll we'll get it out there to the masses. But mm-hmm. I I would imagine there wasn't a lot of interference because this is so again, this is so a band that knows their community. Yeah. And directly connects with their community, a la Grateful Dead. Like they're just so a shining example of yeah. that. They, yeah. And you're right. Like they are all about that immediate experience that we are here together. And it's about that. And where will this journey take us? And again, just the reason that I don't get into them because I'm like, no, composition in isolation, musical ideas executed right. to perfection. Right. Yeah. What is this spontaneity? Mm-hmm. I, I, it doesn't sit with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I, you know, my main thing, similar to you in music, you know, I don't play a ton of live shows. So I'm playing with this band right now, but I don't play a ton of live shows. From, and I played basically none for my own music. Um, so I'm recording in the studio. So in order to get, you know, when I do a guitar solo on one of my songs, I, I try to do like, I try to improvise it. I try to, because I, I'm still trying to keep that fish level uh, live show kind of context, right? Like I'm still trying to kind of keep a little bit of that, even though I'm in the studio. But then of course I go in and like shift notes over and, 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 and pitch correct things no. <laughs> here and there. You know, no. I know, I know, right? 
It's, no, it's, no pitch correction in the the vocals with this album. That's well, for sure. that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's no secret that that vocals are not their, uh, you know, not their their thing to hang their hat on, right? Yeah, but again, it's their vocal their vocal deliver, delivery sounds like. So they're creating a world with these mm-hmm. songs and the vibe and everything is the fish experience. This mm-hmm. is like a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. If you go to a fish show, fish yeah. show or listen to a fish album, the vocals are right at home with that. It's it yeah. makes me just picture a bunch of guys goofing around on beanbag chairs, you know, up in Vermont. Like it, it. I wouldn't want virtuoso singing for this. Yeah. I would want just a really laid back, casual thing. It sounds like they're smiling while they sing. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I, th- I think that I think that's what a lot of people complain about fish. But it's what I love is, you know, I've heard that said like this just sounds like a garage band that just happens to be playing for you know thirty thousand people. You right? Like yeah, in a, sen- a, in a sense casual. That, like they're like fish plays to the front row basically. You know, everyone else doesn't necessarily exist in their mind. Like. Because they'll just they'll just play some goofy song or they'll throw out a cover that they only even know half of it, right? <laughs> and then they'll just improvise the rest. And they're doing it for some of the biggest crowds in the world. I mean, Fish has played to some of the biggest crowds, you know, in some of the you know, they throw their own festivals with hundreds of thousands of people, and it's like it's like there's just but but hey, yeah, why don't we do this song we haven't played in ten years, you know? Like who cares? It's about like, having it. fun. It's it's that's exactly it, you know. I mean, it's fun. I like listening to them, and I will. It's just been a weird. It's it's always they're always playing where I can't make it. So, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not one to. I mean, I like the band a lot, but I'm not one to travel. You're not going to go to New them. Orleans or something. No, I mean they're you know people people travel around and they follow them around and you know you see each other in the lot and they're like hey I remember you from the last show that's that's not really me um, because I'm also really trying to dig into the music um the vibe is cool and all but that's that's not what i would go to see them live anyway it's, you know I, I listen to them for the music right yeah um i uh i like memes so i'm on instagram and i i follow this one page called fad albert okay and it's it's all jokes about being like an ex fish head okay what do you call him yeah i guess uh, that's it yeah <laughs> yeah and just like all the druggy stupid shenanigans you get up to in in the lot i suppose as you say mm-hmm. not necessarily yeah. in the show but in right. the, the immediate scene outside i always uh-huh. get a chuckle out of fat albert's uh, memes there and there's one going around that's that's from the show where they i forget i forget what the gimmick was i i should know this but the gimmick but everyone played multiple instruments at the same time like trey mm-hmm. has like four guitars around his neck and because and why not because why not exactly because it's it's like a kid show that's something you do on a the um the drummer John Fishman plays a vacuum a lot, and by plays that's a vacuum, very Zappa esque again. I mean he puts the hose the hose of the vacuum in his mouth and like makes sounds like a talk box but with a suction sound, and uh, sounds like a John Cage move too. It's 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 yeah. But see, here's what's <laughs> what I love about it is he plays a vacuum and you think, ooh, wow, this is really avant garde or whatever. But he plays it while they're jamming on, like, get jiggy with it, you know? <laughs> so it's, you know, they can't, there's nothing, there's nothing serious. There's nothing serious, you know? It, yeah, again, uh, you can't hear it on the recording of You Enjoy Myself, but during 
when the when the bass and the drums are really getting into it, mm-hmm. uh, they're jumping on trampolines. The uh, uh, Trey and Mike are jumping on trampolines, and they're synchronized. <laughs> it's synchronized, like it's a sight to behold. And for the listener, we got a. I finally got a really big eye roll from <laughs> from Thomas <laughs> during the trampoline. It's I'm rolling my eyes, but also part of me is like, right on, like mm-hmm. good, good idea. Again, mm-hmm. I I can't stress it enough. Like. The, there are artists and bands and singers, blah, 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 where I'm like, I have feelings of antagonism towards them. Like, I don't, they yeah. rub me the wrong way. I don't like yeah. what they're doing. I don't like what they're putting out there. I have mm-hmm. some sort of issue with them. F- fish is so not that. Like, they just, they're harmless. Yeah, well, well, that's the thing. They don't, there's not, like, they don't take themselves so seriously. They, not at all, yeah. Like, uh, their last big New Year's show, um, at the end of the show, they always do something spectacular. Once they rode around in a flying hot dog, um, they've done all you know things like this. At this show, every band member had a little platform that raised and lowered, uh, like went up you know sixty feet and down, and they had their instrument on the platform, and they had a synchronized raising and lowering, and they were color coded, and they had this, they had you know fifty dancers below them dancing, and it was amazing. And they did this whole jam and it was really great. And then the show was over and they lowered them down, but Trey's thing malfunctioned and he got stuck up there. And so the show <laughs> the show was over and he just sat up there for like 30 minutes just talking with people. Like no one would leave because they yeah. were like, Trey's up here. They had the house lights on and everything. And he's like just talking with them. And so then they ended up bringing up the drum riser and they had to they had to tether him in so that he could walk over to the drum riser so it could be lowered. And on his way down, he played a drum solo. You know what I mean? Like he just, he yeah. just goofed around. Every, every night's a party. How's the party going to – you know, parties aren't planned start right. to finish. Right. Exactly. yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's, it's great. Like if that was a real like band, they would have – you know, if that was like Guns N' Roses or something, they would have gotten everybody Ooh. out there because it's too – you know, oh, he got stuck up there. Like we can't like – you know, it's 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 not rock Everyone and roll. Everyone must know. remain two hundred feet away or more from Axl right. Rose at exactly. all times. Exactly, exactly. So, and I think that's what's I think that's what's great about this band and about listening to these. When I listen to these songs, you know, like it just it just puts me there with them, having a good time, uh, making mistakes, goofing around, trying something new. Uh, you know, and then and then also, but then also really locking in musically. If you you know, it, uh, uh, if you ever want to go back, the end of Chalk Dust Torture Jam when uh, he locks in with with uh, Trey locks in with Mike on the bass and the guitar, and they play these licks together, and man, it just gets me so pumped up when I hear it. <laughs> it's your favorite kind of stuff, yeah. It is. The, it is. I love it. I love it's, it. It's where really just accomplish like uh, technical competency meets mm-hmm. unabashed like just freedom and. Creativity. They give each other such room. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that seems to be what this album's all about. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, sir, if we we're gonna sum it up in three words, what are we gonna, what are we gonna say for a live one? Uh, well, you know, the 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 words that kind of come to mind are, are I mean, <laughs> it's, it's it's very fish to say it because they're kind of goofy, but like, you know, it's a whole hyphenated good vibes. Right, mm-hmm. um, because that's what this is about. Fun, you know, and then because this album, you know, just just really defined a lot for me as far as what I was going to do with music and and all that. I'm gonna say jam 
because mm-hmm. as goofy as that says to sound, because everyone's like, oh, the jam, man, it's all about the jam. Well, you know what? It is all about the jam. So, and, and my wife makes fun Truly. of me because she's always like, you, she's always like, oh, jam it out, man. Like, jam. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's jam it out. <laughs> jam it out. Jam it uh, out. I, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't like jams. I don't know why I don't like jams. That's okay. Yeah. Maybe I like Mountain Jam by Allman Brothers. I forgot to mention one. that. This, this kind of, the closest comparison I could make to something I actually kind of engage mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. at all was, was Allman Brothers. Yeah. Um, I like Allman Brothers a little more for blah, 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 this or that reason that you could probably guess. But uh, yeah, you took all the words that I wanted to use pretty much. But it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm going to, let's use Goofy. Yep. Goofy. So you didn't say Goofy. So it's mm-hmm. definitely Goofy. Harmless. Yeah, there you go. Uh, community. Community. There you go. And then just the and then long. <laughs> and nitrous oxide, from <laughs> what I've heard. <laughs> and grilled cheese sandwiches. Grilled cheese sandwiches. Is that really <laughs> a thing? They they that's like the the oh, official yeah. fish food. Yeah. Grilled yeah, cheese but, sandwiches, but not just cheese is in there. Okay. <laughs> it's yeah. In, it's infused. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like kind of like uh, the red rope licorice, you know. Just be careful gotcha. who you, who you get the grilled cheese from. Okay. <laughs> you ever been to Vermont? I haven't. You should come up. It's uh, it's beautiful. That's uh, right. You're 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 New England. I'm surprised. That I they am don't... an hour south or 45 minutes south of Vermont. Yeah. Now, don't this, do they just give this to everyone who lives up there? This album to everyone who lives up in mm, New England. They might be. <laughs> see, I'm in Massachusetts. Maybe they're biased against. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe their, their neighbors south of the border. You get Billy Joel records delivered to your house. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so, so I'm somewhere in between Long Island and and Fishland. I guess that's yeah. how you'd put that. <laughs> All right, man. Well. Uh, I hope the listeners didn't get too bummed out by my whatever <laughs> nonsense, and um, I hope this is a fun listen for for everybody involved. I I definitely had fun talking about it with you. It's uh, it's nice to step out outside of the normal. I commend you musical for, zone for me. Yeah, I commend you for taking this on because not everyone will agree to this. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's it's obviously a big album for you and. Uh, a lot of people love it. I'm glad I could kind of see what the fuss is about. Yeah. So, uh, good talk. All right. So there you have it. Uh, kind of a different sort of episode, but a good time nonetheless. If you want to check out what I'm doing, you go to NiagaraMoonMusic.com. You can stream me on all the platforms. Uh, you can check out what... Mark is up to on markgrundhofer.com. He's also got a Patreon for people learning guitar at the uh, the Complete Guitarist. And hey, if you really like the podcast, I mean, why wouldn't you? You tuned in this far. Uh, write us a nice little rating. No, you write a review, leave a rating. Do, do those things um, on uh, your pod platform of choice. And I will see you next time. Hopefully next week, hopefully talking about Beck's Odelay. Ta-ta. <laughs>